and welcome to Albums Live, the podcast where we curate and break down the songs from today's most powerful artists and albums, and where we promote the emotional power of healing that music puts into our everyday lives. My name is Austin. Go ahead and call me Tainzu, though. I'll be your host. And if you are new, welcome. If you are returning, thank you, thank you, thank you. We've been gone for a year, y'all. This pandemic has been difficult to say the least. I know not just for me and for us, but for the entire world. So we hope that you've stayed healthy and safe during this this last year of craziness. Um, now, I just want to say this episode that we're about to dive into is the album that, for me personally, got me through this pandemic and truly um, gave me that sense of security that everything's going to be okay. And thank goodness everything is starting to return back to normal. Without further ado, here is our return episode with Gaga's Chromatica. For this episode, we will be immersing ourselves with the queen of pop herself, Lady Gaga, her highly acclaimed and anticipated studio six album, Chromatica, which released on May 29th, 2020. It's debatably her most celebratory to date, possibly even more so than her notably popular and inclusive 2011 release of Born This Way. While it may be easy to compare the similarities between her past albums and Chromatica, there is no doubt that Lady Gaga has stuck to her dance electropop roots while also reinventing and creating a completely new sound. She is the only pop star to continually stay relevant throughout her career and is one of the few who has been able to cross all genres. Lady Gaga has released a dance record about the pros and cons of being famous, 2008's The Fame and 2010's The Fame Monster. By 2011, Gaga had a new mission and concept for what instantly became arguably her most well-known album and concept and song to date, Born This Way. The album and title track instantly became what is still to date one of the biggest anthems for the queer community, in which she strives to make everyone feel included, equal, and important. Then releasing what was one of if not the most underrated album of our time, 2013's Art Pop, and then once again changing genres by releasing the amazing jazz duet record Cheek to Cheek in 2014 with the one and only legendary legendary Tony Bennett. While this may have seemed to be the end or a low point in, of her career as fans and critics alike thought that jazz would be the end of Gaga as we knew her, she once again reinvented her sound and the concept of her music by releasing her most vulnerable and personable album ever with a country rock influence 2016's joanne gaga proved to all of her little monsters that she is not going anywhere anytime soon and showed us that she could literally create and write anything in 2018 gaga became an oscar winner with her performance as ally in a remake of the classic film and and with original new music for the soundtrack a star is born once again her sound reinvented and changed to a more acoustic country rock vibe It has now been four years since we have been able to hear a solo Gaga, and now that she is finally blessing us with a new album, it is electronic-inspired. We have been able to hear um, Chromatica um, over the past few months, and it's 
It's it promises to excite all of us, all of our senses. It's an amazing album. Uh, we cannot wait to dive into this one with you. Um, in this episode, we will break down each song, what it means to us, along with giving you some in-depth details on Gaga's entire creative process while making the sixth album by our mother monster. And joining us, um, we have a very close friend of mine, Marion. She is also a big time Lady Gaga fa- fan. Um, thank you so much, Marion, for joining us. This interlude gives me a haunting vibe initially, but secretly it sets the perfect theatrical tone of the album. Um, This introductory interlude is surprisingly effective, considering that that it, like the rest of the interludes on the album, has no vocals in it. The interludes created by somebody very well known uh, by the name of White Sea are quite rare and unique on a pop album for a few reasons. And I hope that everybody who is listening to this album with us will easily hear that. Um, But the interludes blend well with the track that follows them. And this creates a huge connection and dialogue. And it helps us to bring it um, to bring us into a narrative realm that Gaga created by herself. It creates an effect that makes it as though Mother Monster herself is our tour guide in this new utopia chromatica. We immediately go into the opening track on the album called Alice. And let me just say, I was very shocked from the first time I listened to Alice. And I mean that in the best way, because in Alice, we got to see the powerhouse um, power vocal Gaga. um, And she finally returned to the dance floor. And the ah, ah, ahs in between verses just really made this the perfect way to open this album. The first time I listened to this song and I heard Gaga scream, set me free. It put tears in my eyes. It really shook me to the core. While I cannot say that this is my favorite song on the album, I can say with confidence that it is on the top five on the album. Many of the songs on this album gives me me uh, memories and nostalgia from previous Gaga songs. And I see that as being um, this song being maybe a part two to a Born This Way track that deserved to be a single but unfortunately never came to be, titled Shaisa. Um, for me, this song really reminds me of that mess, same message of Shaisa. And it, it kind of, I really, I, I want to, if I could ask Gaga herself, I would ask her, did you write this after Shaisa? Because it, it seriously, um, it, it kind of, it has that same tone and same emotional meaning for me. And it makes me wonder if um, Alice is going to have the same fate as Shaisa or if Gaga will decide to make it a single. Um, Rumor mill has it that Alice is going to be one of the singles off of Chromatica, but that we will just have to wait and find out. Could you pull me out of this alive? Alice is without a doubt has it has the potential to be another slam dunk number one for Mother Monster. Um, Could you pull me out of this alive? She asks with her proper Italian American accent. We find ourselves there with Gaga as she pleads and begs. I'm tired of screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm in a hole. I'm falling down, down, so down. How do you begin an album um, about a new world that you created during some of your hardest and saddest days? You write a song about finding Wonderland the most well-known fantasy land of all time. Duh. Does Chromatica prove to be Gaga's Wonderland? Well, I guess we'll have to just see. 
Austin, I loved what you had to say about that. You've opened up some new ways for me to look at the song, and I'm excited that we're going to listen to it again. I agree with you. I love how she incorporated these interludes to introduce and then later transition to different parts of her journey. And this first song is a clever tie-in to Alice in Wonderland, and, and she's kind of tipping her hand that we're about to go on this wild ride together through her music. But it's also about Gaga's own wild ride through her life so far. She says, I'm not going to make it, but I'm going to try, introducing us to the first song, which has important, often dark lyrics that belie the pop and the club feel of the score. I love that you say that, Miriam, because I I agree with you completely. Um, And I think that this song really sets that tone. Like I said, it sets the tone for the rest of the album, because as all everybody will see, um, these songs have some very sad, sad lyrics. Um, Don't get me wrong. These songs are all very emotional. They're all very, um, very deep and they're they're very uh, honest and upfront. But I think the common theme that you'll see in these songs, even though they are sad and personal, is that for the most part, they all are very upbeat and give you that clubby feel. So it it kind of gives us that new perspective that hey, you can have both. You can you can um, you you can be in a club environment. You can be in that um, headspace, um, but also be you know have, you can celebrate it in a way. Um, and I think that that's the the message Gaga is trying to say is that hey yeah we're, we have some some really bad days, but um, we can celebrate those bad days. And I think that she makes that the biggest statement in her first in the first opening song, Alice. So that's that's I, I love that you said that, Marion. Stupid Love is the lead single, and it has a corresponding music video, which I love, and I love the interesting themes in it. I've heard some people say that the, the quote, stupid love is between Gaga and her fans, but in an interview, she talked about representing political extremism and the divides in the United States and the world, which we certainly are seeing more and more every day. She says, quote, I would battle for you even if we break in two. This is Gaga. Love and longing for unity in the divisiveness. Long a Gaga theme of inclusion and kindness in the midst of conflict. I would battle for you. I really love that you brought that brought up that lyric, Marion, because it was actually the lyric and line that stood out to me most when I first heard this song. I would battle for you even if we break in two was a very personal lyric for me to hear. Um, when this first released as a lead single, I was actually going through some issues with a friend, um, and that was actually how I felt at that time. Um, it seemed as if though our friendship was over. However, um, I still felt a uh, never ending love for this person. Um, and so that's kind of how I felt. I mean, you know, I would still battle for this person, even though we weren't going through the best of times. So like I said, that was a very personal lyric for me to hear. Um, but I also think that you're right. I think that it has an even bigger message. Um, I think that, that during these times of um, division um, that we're, currently seeing here in not only in the United States, but across the world. Um, I think it's, it's a, such an important message to share right now. Um, because I think 
that Gaga is the best person um, to sing a song about equality and to sing a song about um, coming together as one. And this one definitely did it. And I think that she, um, I think that she executed the song perfectly. The message of the song, the lyrics of the song, the concept, everything about it for me was just, it was perfect, especially for being a lead single. This for me is also the most Joanne song on Chromatica. Um, That is unless you bought the Target Deluxe version in which the bonus track Love Me Right might be able to take on Stupid Love for that title. Um, But this... For sure, for me, is the most Joanne song on the the, the regular version of Chromatica. Um, I would al- almost consider it a part two to Perfect Illusion. That's how it sounds to me. Um, it has that has those Perfect Illusion um, kind of more uh, stripped Gaga elements, but at the same time, the um, when when Lady Gaga sings higher, higher, I just. I don't know. It, it's kind of different as well. So for me, it's very Joanne-y, but it's also, it also has its own little um, separate theme. Um, but like I said, um, I really love the message that this song gives out. Really, really some, for some friendships and relationships, there comes a time when you just have to give in and forget about the drama or perhaps the problems and just say, you know what, let's get over it. I want your stupid love. And I think that you are right, Marion. I think it also really communicates Gaga's message of kindness and inclusivity as well. Um, I think this was the perfect lead single, like I said, because in a way it fooled me and made me think that the rest of this album was going to sound just like it. But I think stupid love really gives a slight resemblance to the rest, only a slight resemblance to the rest of the album. But at the same time, it gives the impression and made me think that Chromatica was going to be much more like the more conservative rock star Gaga um, that she w- that we be- that we came to know in her recent works. Um, I think it was an excellent choice as a lead single for this reason, because Gaga was able to give us a subtle sneak peek into the world of Chromatica, while also leaving us completely clueless and in the dark at what just what the rest of it um, had in store for us. Okay, let's get real for a moment, can we? You can agree or disagree with me when I say this, but this is without a doubt Lady Gaga's best pop song. Emphasis on pop. Since at least the art pop era, maybe even the Born This Way era. Lady Gaga has always served her fans, even in the eras where she strayed away from wacky, crazy Gaga to normal, vulnerable Gaga. Um, But this album as a whole kind of finds that perfect in-between so far and shows us a Gaga at both her most rejoiceful, insane, and vulnerable. It's as if she took every era and put them into into one album. When Gaga and Ariana announced that they had a collaboration coming, I was skeptical and nervous slightly. I just couldn't picture the sweet, innocent um, Ariana colliding forces with our strange ahead of her time mother monster. But the song came out and I was proved wrong so quickly upon first listen. I think justice is not served to this track. I at first thought it was slightly cheesy and too upbeat to live up to the Chromatica concept of in Chromatica, no one thing is greater than another. But I gave it a few more listens and I came to realize quickly that the song was not just a pop song made by the two biggest gay music icon cons of our time. Lady Gaga being the gay pop icon for millennials and Ariana being the icon of Generation Z. But that it is a song in which the two are holding hands, joining forces and giving us all the messages that even during the downpour, there is still an opportunity to, to an opportunity to, to dance. And then the music video came out 
the following morning and it all made sense to me. Ariana and Gaga came together to give the world a reason to prance the pain away, especially in a time when the entire world is experiencing pain together. With this being said and this song, Lady Gaga's also famous tweet became a reality for little monsters alike. The earth is canceled, so we enter the world of Chromatica. Yes. It's coming down on me. Now we come to the track Free Woman. And Austin, I have to say, I just, I love her message here. Gaga will not be defined by what has happened to her. And she is free to be who she is. And we are all free to be who we are with labels that we choose for ourselves, not labels anyone else gives us. As Gaga said about this song, I no longer am going to define myself as a survivor or victim of sexual assault. I am a person that is free who went through some effed up shit. For me, Marion, this was the song that I caught onto initially the most. From the opening, you can hear both the pain and the relieving of that pain from the way our vulnerable mother monster goes from walking the downtown to owning the downtown. And I say vulnerable because at the beginning of this song, it seems to me that Gaga is in that place that many of us know all too well. She is walking in a new place where no one knows her name or her sound. And it almost seems to me like this is her way of proclaiming that while everyone on the planet may know the name Lady Gaga now, we don't know deep down who she really is. I love that synthy beat that the song opens up with because it really sets the scene for where the song takes us. It is debatable that Gaga is describing herself during her pre-fame days in which she would walk the streets of New York City going from venue to venue just to perform one song. And you can really hear that yearning that she had and that she still has to be her true self. Gaga takes us on her entire careers and perhaps even her life's journey in this one song. Well, now she owns that downtown and she describes the moment the world finally heard her sound and how she shaped to be the Gaga we love and know today. My favorite lyric from the entire album comes from this song. This is my dance floor. I fought for. This is my dance floor. I fought for. And damn, did she fight. Lady Gaga has been through the ringer and back multiple times throughout her career whether it's between men battling the side effects of fame, fighting for her title and right to be a free woman, or even addiction. In an interview with Zane Lowe, 
Gaga said that although she typically strays away from gender specificity, for this song, she felt it was necessary and that the Gaga, the song is about her trauma from sexual assault from a record producer. Lady Gaga makes it clear in this song that she does not need a man to be free and happy. While Gaga may have made it clear that she is a free woman, I really love how she still found a way to make it a gender-inclusive song by not saying she's a free woman, but she's a free woman making it relatable, even if you are, your pronouns are he and him. Perhaps for me, the best part of this song is that catchy tropical house beat that Mother Monster transitions to after she proclaims, be free. Feeling something that I can't explain Think it's a wound I still entertain Although I can safely say that this is not on my list of favorite songs on the album, I can say that this is my favorite concept for a song on the entire album. It is also conceivably the most relatable song on the album for me personally. I have had many nights in which I have been in the same shoes as Gaga is describing. Nights where I went out with friends, made plans with someone, and although I intended to have fun, I wasn't because of situations and circumstances that were taking place in my life behind the scenes. And I think that is exactly the point that Gaga makes in this song. But I still went out anyways, and I hid those feelings and emotions and the pain from the people around me, and I truly was not having a good time. Feeling something that I can't explain, think it's a wound I still entertain. Have we all not felt this way before? We felt an obligation to entertain and pretend to have a good time for everybody else's sake when secretly we weren't quite feeling it. I personally feel Mar- um, listeners and Marion, um, and you guys can speculate on this, but I feel that this song is about Gaga's ex Christian Carino. You love the paparazzi, love the fame, even though, you know, it causes me pain. This lyric really is what put this theory into motion for me. Um, and I also happen to love that those two words happen to also be titles of two songs from Gaga's debut album. So that's very, a very, very catchy. Um, I think that's a catchy wit, um, thing that she put in into that song. Um, the song was very well thought out and the concept is very provoking for me. It is almost a trigger for me because I really understand Gaga's pain and feeling in this song. I also love how misleading the title is. And I have know that Gaga did that on purpose. We all know that Gaga has a plan and purpose in everything she does. So I truly believe that she did this on purpose. Seeing the title fun tonight makes us think that this is going to be a a very fun, a very upbeat song, but we quickly learn that it's not the case and that it's actually about the opposite. Exactly. Austin. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, you can expect something from the title and it's something else. And I think it's so interesting, your point about Gaga's ex. I, it, and it does seem like she's hinting at something there and I hadn't noticed that. So thank you. That's, that's interesting to think about. You know, Lady Gaga is expected to be upbeat and fun. You know, female entertainers, they have to look a certain way, act a certain way. And for some people, her music too is expect, expected to be that way. And her Joanne album, I believe was unfairly panned by some for not being her usual upbeat, fun tracks. But Gaga, like all of us, is entitled to be a full human being who isn't always fun, but has times of introspection and feeling down. It's all part of the whole of being human. You can't have constant highs and be fun constantly without becoming shallow. 
and Gaga is anything but shallow. You are so right about that, Marion, and I love that you bring that bring that up. Um, I love that you bring up that that um, you know the pop stars are expected to stay in this perfect little box, um, and like you said, they're supposed to look a certain way, act a certain way, and I just love that um, that Gaga kind of brought that out um, in this song, and so. I really like, I like that you brought that up. So thank you for that new introspection on this song. Um, and so next we're going to play um, the song 911 and Chromatica 2 is right before it. Um, so this is the second um, scene of the album, the second part of the album. And we are so excited to dive into it with you. So now we're at Chromatica 2 and 911, and I am so excited. This has become one of my favorite Lady Gaga songs, and everyone that I've been with who has heard it and understands its message is totally blown away. Yes, and I love that you understand the message, Marion, because it's. A, I think this is one of the most important messages that Gaga has ever put into a song. Um, it's And it's an obvious message, but at the same time, it's also slightly hidden. Um, so this song is the song that I think I want to discuss the most um, during this episode. And no, it's not because of that insane Chromatica 2 transition into 911 that every little monster is still freaking out over. And in case you haven't seen it, cue the Madonna falling on stage video because it is the best thing to hit the little monster internet realm since ever. But I honestly feel that this song has such a powerful message. And I also think that most people probably miss that message. But if you think about it, it is very obvious. Mother Monster has been honest and upfront with her little monsters about her struggles with mental health and addiction since the beginning of her career. One of the million reasons I love her. But this song takes that to a brand new level. Mother Mother Monster wants the world to know that it is okay to struggle with mental illness and that it, it is okay if you need to take medication to help with that struggle. I think it is truly amazing for someone so well known and famous to publicly support and admit that she takes medications for her mental health. I also relate to this song very much. I have been on antidepressants for years and I've come to realize that I can still be normal and that I'm not another crazy person just because I am on medication to help my mind mind and body be okay. I also think that it is genius that Gaga calls these pills 911s. 911 looks like the word pill, and 911 also represents something emergent, something required when faced with a negative situation or state of mind. I think that this song could potentially remove that stigma and help those struggling with mental health know that it is okay to be on medication and it, that it is, it is okay to have a mental illness. My biggest enemy is me, Papa 911. My favorite part of the song is the bridge in which Gaga pleads, Please patch the line, please patch the line. I need a 911. Can you patch the line? This is how I think all of us feel when it comes to taking medication. In an interview with Zane Lowe, Gaga stated, I wrote a song on Chromatica called 911, and it's about an antipsychotic that I take, and it's because I can't always control the things that my brain does. I know that. And I have to take medication to stop the process that occurs. I just want to say thank you, Mother Monster, for sharing this message with the world and for normalizing the use of medication for mental illness. I seriously give this song so much applause. Um, no pun intended, but I, I, I seriously, it's 
I personally believe that this song could potentially save lives. For me, I think this song sounds like a cut from the Born This Way era, um, but that's up for speculation and for you to decide. Turning up emotional faders, keep repeating self-fading phrases. I have heard enough of these voices, almost like I have no choice. This is biological spaces, my mood shifting to manic places. Wish I laughed and kept the good friendships, watch life feel like gold. So this song, Sour Candy, um, this song was what I like to call a catch-on. Um, when I first heard this song, it seemed a little bit superficial to me. It lacked that Gaga-ness that I know and love. However, I always give every Gaga song an equal chance. So I listened to it a lot more, and I ended up loving it much more than I um, initially thought that I would. My favorite part of the song is the very Vogue-esque of Gaga's voice when she asks... I might be messed up, but I know it's love. You want a real taste. At least I'm not a fake. I might be messed up, but I know what's up. You want a real taste. At least I'm not a fake. Dum, dum, unwrap me. Dum, dum, unwrap me. I'll show you what's me. Close your eyes, don't peek. This is a fierce song. And I think the reason that it took me so long to catch on to it is because it is even... Even for Gaga, it is very fierce. Also, um, I have read some notes on the internet how um, people are claiming Gaga copied Katy Perry um, with her song Swish Swish because it has the same beat. And you are right. It does have the same beat as Katy Perry's song Swish Swish, but it is not a copy. Um, there are no copycats here. Um, Swish Swish and Sour Candy are actually both sampled from the same 90s song from Fatboy Slim titled Star 69. Um, so just for those of you who are calling Lady Gaga a copycat or calling Katy Perry a copycat, there are no, there was nobody copying anybody here. Um, all credit was given, um, and it was just uh, the same song was sampled for both of them. translation of the Korean parts of Blackpink are you'll be embarrassed by one unexpected expression with the words that pretend to be expensive. If you want to fix me, then let's break up here and now um, because I keep you in my unrestricted eyes. When I look at you, I scream without hesitation. Wow. And so uh, after I looked those up, I really like I liked the song even more because I'm not I'm not a big K-pop fan. Um, I know there's a big K-pop is kind of um, becoming huge, hugely popular right now in music. Um, and I, I haven't quite caught on to the K-pop scene yet. I haven't um, gotten into it that much. But this song um, might be my little my might might be my first step into the K-pop world because I really like it. Um, that is the literal translation, of course. So I'm sure there are many different ways you can apply those, the Korean lyrics um, and and translate them in different ways. Um, but after reading and getting black 
Pink's part translated, I quickly learned that this might be one of Gaga's most sexual and naughty songs to date. It really gives me vibes from the art pop days of her song Sex Dreams. So for me, maybe this seems like a part two to Sex Dreams. Um, but for those of you listening, leave your comments. Let, let me know how you feel about that, if you agree with my statement or not. Marion, would you agree, though, this song is, is um, even for Gaga, it's quite fierce, don't you think? love that you translated the lyric for us. I think that that's super helpful to have, to have heard what they're saying. And typical Gaga, isn't it, to kind of lure us in with something and then you realize, ooh, she's saying something naughty here and here she goes again. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. And I, I, I love how um, Lady Gaga still finds a way to to kind of step out of her comfort zone because we've gotten some very naughty Gaga songs from some, from, from many different albums. I mean, there's been a lot of, a lot of songs that are, you know, fierce about sexual encounters, etc. But I think this song, I, I just, I just can't believe that Gaga managed to find a way to be even naughtier and even sexier. And so um, I just wanted to point that out because I was very impressed. But like I said, um, this was a very, it was a catch on for me. I had to listen to this song probably well over a dozen to two dozen times before it finally kind of clicked within me. Um, and so for those of you who um, are are still kind of questioning whether you like this song or not. I say give, keep giving it a chance. Um, I think you will end up liking it, um, especially like I said, those the Vogue esque of it. The when Gaga breaks it down, um, I just I love it. I love it so much. I'm hot on the outside, but if you give me time. Holy shit, you guys. Enigma. Um, This is without a doubt my favorite song on this album. And those are the words you would have heard coming out of my mouth the first time I played this song and this album. Um, This quickly became an instant favorite for me on terms of Chromatica and all things Lady Gaga. We could be lovers even just tonight. We could break all of our stigmas. For me, this song is Lady Gaga at her campiest. And is it just me, or does this sound like a part two of the title track of her 2013 album, Art Pop? Free my mind, Art Pop, you make my heart stop. I'll I'll be your enigma. I mean, come on, for me, you could put these two songs together and they would sound as if as if they were made for each other. Um, the two could be played in order, in my opinion, and tell a story of Gaga's concept of how we all have our own meaning to life and love, but yet we can still come together. Arguably, this is the album's best track, um, and that's being conservative. Like I said, I, this is for sure my favorite track on the album, but that doesn't go without saying that it was impossible for me to choose just one favorite. Enigma, in a sense, sums up the entire concept and theme of Chromatica in just one song. Gaga is receiving messages and having conversations with technology. Hint, art pop again. Is this all just virtual? 
To answer that question, I think it is also safe to say that Chromatica is all just one big virtual dimension that Mother Monster herself lives in and created. And now she is inviting us to join her. The timing of this song could not be more perfect as it is smack dab in the middle of the album, which I think gives Chromatica this chronological story effect that we see in almost every Gaga album. Still re- still recognize and remember Ali Main after hearing what Mother Monster's robotic technologic ego has to say in this song um this song also is it gives me total nostalgia from her enigma show in las vegas her residency if you have not seen it yet um for now i think it is put on hold because of the pandemic however i i have read that it is going to come back so if it does come back trust me you will want to see it because this song right here sums up that entire show kind of into a song um it's lady gaga and lady gaga's enigma is her inner voice is what she tells us and so um and from re- reading reviews and what from what lady gaga has said enigma um after this song was written and produced this is when the um the actual concept of Chromatica came to be for them. This is the song for Lady Gaga that really told how the rest of the album was going to sound. Marion, what about you? Would you agree with this song? Do you like this song? How she's creating this big virtual dimension that she lives in. Boy, you know, take me there. (laughs) That's where I want to be too. And I think you're right. I think this is the the high point of the album on this this wild journey that Gaga is taking us on. Here we are at the at the summit of it. And I want to agree with what you said about her. Las Vegas performances as well, her residency there, that seeing this performed on stage, the staging that goes around it is amazing. And so when I listen to the song, I'm taken right back there. And it it is, it's like a whole nother dimension that Gaga is inviting us into. And it's, it's amazing. Enigma has been on my repeat list since this album came out. I have such a hard time listening to the other songs on the album because I just, this one just take, takes the cake so much. Um, I love it so, so much. Um, that could change, who knows? But um, as of now, this this is my favorite song on the album, Chromatica. And so... So our next track is called Replay. And Austin, I'll have to tell you, for me, this is a disturbing track, despite its upbeat pop disco feel. She says, quote, the scars of my mind are on replay. And for those of us with PTSD in one form or another, and that's me, it's it's a hard cycle to live through. And this is kind of a tough track for me to listen to. But this is also a really important part of Gaga's story. And so she's taking us along with her on this journey. And the scars on her mind do not define her. And so that, that's a hopeful message. Am I still alive? Where am I? I cry. Who was it that pulled the trigger? Was it you or I? You know, Marion, I would actually, I completely, that's funny that you say that because I completely agree with you. This for me has to be, have been the hardest um, this has to be the hardest song for us to discuss right now for me. Um, it's 
actually kind of a triggering song for me in a sense that it quite literally describes what it is like to live with mental illness and PTSD, um, which I also do suffer from, Marion. Um, hearing that initial beat and tone of the song, you are absolutely spot on. It is upbeat and it kind of grabs you and pulls you in um, until you figure out that lyrically it's quite traumatic and quite hard to listen to. Um, but Gaga is such a genius, as always, at turning a really, really sad lyrical song around into an upbeat pop disco song. And after reading many of the reviews of Chromatica, this one actually seems surprisingly to me to be one of the favorites among Little Monsters. For me personally, this is actually my least favorite song on the album. Now, let me let me tell you all, there is not a single Lady Gaga song out there that I do not like. There is not one song she has ever written that I just I put in a box and never listen to it again. But this is the one the song probably on this album that I like the least. I don't know what to do, you don't know what to say. This goes on my mind on replay, But but I still think that that story and message that it sends is it's really relatable and it's really it means so so well. It has such a positive a positive message and I think that it might also be another catch on. Um, so I'm hoping that over time as I listen to this album, um, I still give this song a chance. I've still been listening to it when I listen to the album. I don't skip it, um, but it is taking me some time to warm up to. But I hope that I can warm up to it more as time goes on. But like I said, it has such a great message, but just lyrically and it, it, does, it just doesn't quite do it for me as the others did. But we'll see if that changes over time. This song has a very beautiful message. The vocals took me some time to warm up to, but after I realized just who these two pop powerhouses were and thought about their history together, it kind of all came together and made sense. I was obviously expecting a very 70s or 80s retro style piano ballad as Elton John always gives us. So I was very shocked when we found out that this was actually an electronic techno Bob. Did I love it the first time I heard it? Maybe not exactly. But do I love it now that I have listened to it and understand the story? Absolutely. I really love the play on words here. Gaga sings, I heard one sign, S-I-N-E, not the typical spelling of sign because she was referring to that signal that she heard from the universe in which saved her and created who she is today. And I think that is such a beautiful message to share. I also love that she brought Elton on this song and that there is equal control and power by each of the singers in the song. Then the signal split into the sign created stars like me and you. This song isn't just about Gaga, but it is about her close friend Elton and their relationship as well. And I think it goes to show you that they share similar stories and pasts. And for those of you who don't know, fun fact, 
Gaga is Elton John's children's godmother. So just remember that um, when you think about the history that Lady Gaga and Elton John share together. Um, Marion, what is your take on this song? I, you know, like you, Austin, it took me a minute to warm up to it. I didn't really like it at first. I thought maybe it was a little overproduced and I was expecting something else. But when I realized what the story was and what Gaga was saying, then I liked it more and more. And of course, Elton John and Lady Gaga, I mean, who wouldn't love whatever they wanted to sing for us? But I also especially love the spirituality that she brings in. I, Gaga does this so often. She hints to her spirituality and what she sees in the world. And as someone who's interested in that, I always find it fascinating. And this this sign concept, I've read different things on the internet where people kind of wonder about what she's saying. And, and what she seems to be saying is this music from above is what saved her and that she lives through and for her music and shares that gift with the world. And it's lovely that her close friend and our icon, Elton John, sings us with her. It's it's beautiful. I love it. So our next song is 1,000 Doves, and I have to say I love this song. I think this is an instant Gaga classic, and I just love it. It's soaring transcendence over adversity, and that's a Gaga theme. It's as part of her journey that is so true for her, but then she shares it with us, and I can incorporate it into my life and my community. So, Austin, I'm hearing that there's a piano version out there. How have I not heard this? Have you heard it? So I have heard the piano version, and it is so hard for me to pick a favorite. Um, they are actually completely different, too, even though they have, they're the same title, same everything. It's just they are so different. So the piano version actually is, is 10,000 doves, um, and it's just much more, um, much more Joanne Gaga, much more reserved, vulnerable Gaga, which is actually kind of what I expected this song to be when I first read the title and hadn't heard it yet. I kind of expected it um, to be kind of a more piano ballad, especially since it's at the end, um, because Gaga typically kind of puts her sadder songs towards the end of the al- of the albums. Um, so I was kind of surprised when I heard it and how uh, heard how, how electronic it actually is. Um, the real, the actual version on Chromatica. <laughs> For me, this song actually has the second, my second favorite lyric of the entire album on it. Um, and I think it's so relatable. Um, Lady Gaga carry, carries herself so, um, so well. Um, you know, it's really, it, she makes it really, really easy for us to think um, that she's happy all the time, that she's always celebrating, um, that she's always upbeat, that she's always you know that she's always this person we think she is and so i think this song is her way of kind of showing um and telling us that she's that she's different than who we think she is 
my but that my, that favorite lyric that I was talking about just a moment ago was when she says towards the end of the song, "I cry more than I ever say," um, and that simple lyric just it sends chills up my spine every time I hear it because I think that that's how we all really are. I don't think all of us like to admit when we're sad. I don't think all of us like to cry in front of others all the time, every time that we cry or every time that we feel we need to. And so it really just resonated deep within within me because I think we really, all of us do that, I think. I think we all cry and I think we all have more pain than we ever share with the world. that's the most beautiful message for me. Um, it's just such a good way to almost end the album. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a perfect song. I, w- I wouldn't change a thousand doves for anything. I just think, I think it's just such a, it's just such a powerful ballad for Gaga. Um, it really gives me edge of glory vibes. So, uh, but like I said, this is actually probably, um, oh, this is top, th- top three or four, uh, um, favorite Gaga song on this album. This is yeah, it's so it's definitely one of my favorites. But um, so yeah, um, so check out the piano version if you can. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. If not, the Target Deluxe version has this and more. Um, it's worth the buy. I promise. The three extra tracks is definitely worth the the tar- the buy for the the Target Deluxe edition. So um, we're gonna go on to the next song, Babylon, um, which closes out the album next. Start it out. Walk a mile, serve it ancient city style. Talk it out, babble on. Battle for your life, babble on. That's gossip, what you on? Money don't talk, rip that song. Gossip, babble on. Battle for your life, babble on. Serve it ancient city style. So this song, Babylon, um, here we go again with the Vogue-esque Gaga. I don't think that's a word, but it is now. This song was the perfect way to end the album. This song gives me the biggest Born This Way or perhaps maybe even art pop vibes of any song on Chromatica. And I think it all has to do with that synth. I think after hearing this song, we were all ready to serve it ancient city style. This song definitely takes us back to the Gaga's roots. My biggest question for Gaga is, how did you make this song work? (laughs) Spoken word. References to the ancient time of Mesopotamia and even a choir, she pulled it off. It, um, it rem- almost reminds me of a renewed version of Walk Like an Egyptian. And for all of those monsters who are asking, but where is the House Labs version? Have no fear. According to Blood Pop, Lady Gaga's Chromatica producer via social media, the House Labs version that we first heard when it leaked in the House Labs advertisements is coming in a future release. Unless that is, of course, perhaps Gaga trolls us and scraps the idea completely, which would not surprise us because Gaga likes to do that. But Blood Pop has rest assured us that the other version will be released. released. So stay hopeful, little monsters, and keep demanding the House Labs version of Babylon. Marion, how do you feel about Babylon? <laughs> I, I really love this song. It goes through my head, and I love it, love it. And here's Gaga again with the spirituality. I think she, it's so fascinating. I wish she would start a church or something. You know, 
Austin, then I'm a minister. I would love to do like some event and play some of Gaga's music and talk about the spiritual stuff going on and hear what people have to say because I'm just endlessly fascinated. But I also love the the vibe, how she talks about gossip. And she says that gossip is something that used to haunt her. But now it's a silly construct I can dance through. Babylon, I'll be in Babylon or Chromatica. That's where I want to be too. You know, enough with the gossip. But what's that? You know, she knows what's right. She knows what needs to happen in the world. It's, it's be positive, be kind. You know, that's Gaga. That can be us too. And I just, I love that. She's fabulous. And I love this song. I really love that idea, though, Marion. I, and I think you're so right. A lot of people um, blame Gaga for having this um, satanic um, oh, um, construct. Exactly. Um, people oh. have. I've seen it all over social media, especially recently with all of the division going on in the world. Um, people are blaming Lady Gaga for um, sharing satanic messages or pedophilia, whatever. Oh, and it's just like, yeah. please. Please no. She is a proud Catholic woman. We all know this, and all of her music. Um, I mean, it, her her music is filled with these little Easter eggs of um, spiritual references, like you said, um, in which she definitely proclaims and makes it clear that she is a proud spiritual person and she believes in a higher power. And so, um, and Babylon definitely, definitely um, reaffirms that. And so, I love that you bring that up in this song, Marion. Yeah. And when years ago, when I was running a a church that was affirming of LGBT folks, we would end every worship service by playing Born This Way. And everyone would get up and dance and cry and just feel so powerful because of Gaga. And that goes all through her music. So the people that say it's something else, I say they're wrong. No, she's she channels beautiful love in the world and she channels healthy spirituality and bless her heart. I love it. I I completely agree with you. Um, And I think that Babylon was the perfect way to end this album um, because she had a couple of those little um, kind of more downbeat um, personal songs to end it with thousand doves and sign of uh, um, sign from above. But then she serves us with Babylon just to end it out. And I think, I just think she couldn't have put these songs in a better order. She couldn't have, I would not change a single thing about this album. Um, Not a single thing because I just, I just think from front, from first, um, from front to back, I just think it's, it's, it's perfect. Walk a mile, serve it ancient city style. Talk it out, babble on, battle for your life, babble on. That's gossip, what you on, money don't talk, rip that song, gossip. So to sum this album up, Gaga may have deceived her fans, I think on purpose, in thinking we were getting a follow-up to Art Pop. But what it seems to me is that we got more of a follow-up to Born This Way and Joanne, more than we did Art Pop. But at the same time, it's hard to call Chromatica a follow-up to anything Gaga has done previously, because it is just so vastly different than anything she or anyone else has ever done before. I think I may safely say that this is one of my favorite Gaga albums. I am still deciding here after two or two to three months of it being out whether or not it is my favorite or not, but I can say safely that it is 
on my top two. Um, Born This Way will always have a special place in my heart, and I think I am having a really hard time giving that space up when it's been there for so long. But um, anyways, listeners and, and subscribers, let us know what you think about this album. Let us know if you agree with our our um, take on the songs. You can leave comments on the website um, and on our social media. Um, and also, I would like to thank Marion, my friend, my very close friend for joining us. Marion is a minister working for Parody New York City. Um, and what Parody does is it is a faith-based uh, organization which works to bridge the gap between the LGBT community and the faith community. Um, and it's just an amazing, amazing thing, um, an amazing organization. Um, we are so lucky luck, We are so lucky to be an umbrella organization and um, to work so closely with them. Um, and so let us, like I said, listeners, let us know what you think um, about Chromatica and the new world and universe that Gaga has given us during a time in which our world is so chaotic. Again, thank you, Marion, so, so much for joining me on this episode. Thank you for listening, listeners, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us on our return episode of Albums Live. This album was so fun to review and go over. Thank you so much to my guest host, Marion, for for helping me dissect um, Lady Gaga's amazing album. I also want to point out, if you're not already following us on social media, go ahead and do so. Um, We have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. We also have our website, albumslive.org, where you can find the most up-to-date announcements on upcoming episodes. You can find our old episodes and listen to them, and you can also find exclusive content and playlists curated just by us. So go ahead and visit us at albumslive.org. Again, my name is Tainzu, and I'm signing off for this episode. I will see you next time.